Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome back to episode two of the Fantasy Football Fanatics Podcast. Gracie, welcome back, dude. It was a big week one and uh, it was even bigger week two in a sense. Yeah, huge week two. Some uh, big games from some duds from week one. So it was uh, good to see them bounce back and a few other concerns we've got, which we'll obviously cover off uh, in this week's show. But uh Obviously, two weeks in, uh, still think you know, still need a bit more of a sample size from a few players, but we'll get there. It'll be before we know, we'll be uh, looking towards the Super Bowl, so we're making yeah. the most of it. It's a bit that way at the moment. The the, uh, the old cliche is a week is a long time in footy, which is an AFL sort of term there, but it seems to be the case with NFL as well this season. A few guys really turned it around from week one and a few kind of went the other way, but let's cover off a quick few headlines here, Grace. I've got to bring up the Ravens' massive win against the Chiefs. It was a huge uh, huge rivalry there, and, and Lamar and the, and the boys got him across the line. It's some great scenes in the locker room afterwards. That was a fantastic win. But I want to get your thoughts on this one before we get too far into the uh, to the player positions. The 49ers running back issues, we spoke about it last week, and it looks like it's going to be a, uh, a lingering one at the moment. Uh, Hasty's done an ankle. Mitchell had the shoulder. Uh, Sermon got concussed as well. Uh, I heard they were trying out Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. It, this could just be a real problem for them over the season. Yeah, I think, and it's always been the case with the uh, 49ers running backs is there's not one set, one locked in, and it's usually due to an injury to someone or, you know, someone's outperformed in the preseason. So um, Mitchell's shoulder, I, I don't know what the recent update is, but I don't think, I think they thought it wasn't too bad, but probably a wait and see there. But, um, mm. yeah, they could be in some strife trying out uh, Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. So definitely uh, watch this space on these guys. Uh, the 49ers yep. running backs because it's just it's too hard to pick. They're probably one of the hardest ones to probably pick in fantasy, to be honest. I mean, most it would have been the, the number one pick, but obviously he, he went down pretty early. So uh, interesting times ahead for the, the 49ers. I mean, their wide receivers are, are picking up the slack a little bit, which we'll, we'll get stuck into uh, a little bit later. But, um, yeah, definitely concerning times ahead for the 49ers at the running position. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I think Duke Johnson could be a handy pickup for them. He gets involved in the passing game. But, yeah, watch this space again. So the last week, if Jeff Wilson's sitting on your free agency list, whack him on your IR. Why the heck not at this point? Because they're all going to get some game time, as you mentioned before. But the big story, arguably the biggest story, I had to go with the Ravens off the top of the show. But Aaron Rodgers, what a bounce back. We knew that it was going to happen up against the Detroit Lions. Big uh, big rivalry there as well. And they got the job done. And all those fantasy studs we uh, picked on last week turned it around in one week. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Rogers uh, had probably his worst performance we've, we've seen for a long time, if not ever. So he obviously uh, picked it up, and um, my bold call looked a bit silly, but uh, that's all good. It's that's what you want to see from these big, uh, big fantasy stars, I suppose. So uh, good bounce back. Obviously, had a flow-on effect with a, another player in the in that team. So you'd be very, very happy uh, if you stuck. I guess, as they say, stuck fat with the the pick and it rewarded you in week two. Yeah, definitely. Maybe squashed any rumours that started on this show about Aaron Rodgers giving the big FU to the organisation. So he's obviously maybe not playing for that kind of reason. But the last thing I'll just mention here off the top of the show is it's a really good week to try and buy low. And buying low is is a very uh, a tricky topic, depending on your league, of course, and, and how experienced the players are. But a few guys in here, as we run through, might suggest to try and throw a little buy low trade offer at some owners. I'm sure you have done that already, Gracie, in a couple yeah. of leagues you're in. But this is the time to do it. Anyone's 
that's getting frustrated. They're sitting there 0 and 2. Really good time to buy low, but let's get stuck into some positions here, Gracie. Starting off with the quarterback studs of the week, and we have to bring up Aaron Rodgers' fantasy day. 26.8 fantasy points, if you don't mind. 338 yards, four TDs, three of those to Aaron Jones, who we'll cover off shortly. But as you said before, that's a huge bounce back and, and must make owners feel a little bit more confident in the, uh, in the pick. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely um, bounced back in a big one. As you said, he reunited uh, that good link that him and uh, Aaron Jones have in that offense. So, um, you know, I mean, he's an MVP caliber quarterback, so I don't think too many people would have expected him to uh, to have another low week. But um, I think he'll be okay for the, for the rest of the yeah. year. And um, I don't, you know, as long as um, Devontae Adams gets a bit more involved as well, uh, Fitzy, I think we'll see, um, you know, the MVP Aaron Rodgers uh, in the next few weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. A bit of a disjointed preseason in more than one way for Aaron Rodgers. So this is always expected and good to see him get on the, uh, I guess, on the winner's list this early in the season too. Didn't want that rumor dragging around for too long about his form. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson, my boy at the Ravens. A very Lamar day for for Jackson. They're leading the the Ravens, as we've said before, to a huge win over Kansas City. 239 yards through the air, only one TD to uh, Hollywood Brown, but two rushing touchdowns and over 100 yards on the ground for Lamar. This was back to his MVP days. I love watching what he did for the Ravens, and this is what what we need him to do all year if we're going to have another shot at a Super Bowl. Oh, 100%. I think it was a tale of, uh, of I guess, two halves or two uh, Ravens teams in a way that we saw the, uh, the the real downside of Lamar in the first half. You know, he threw, I think it was it two interceptions, I think, or what, one interception. Yeah, um, really. And then after half time, it was the complete opposite, just turned it on and Obviously, uh, brought them home with a, a massive win against, uh, you know, the, probably the favourites for the Super Bowl at the moment, um, almost um, up there with uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, it was very, as you said, a very Lamar-type uh, game, and um, and it's sort of what you'll expect to see, you would hope, for the rest of the year if you're a Lamar owner. Yeah, definitely. And another guy who's already on an MVP caliber season path is Kyler Murray. And he would have gone early in some drafts. I think in one auction draft, I reckon he only went for about $12, which is a little ridiculous in hindsight. But huge win against the Vikings. He went for 400 yards through the air, three TDs, a rushing touchdown. And, dude, I'll tell you what, it's very early days, but he's staking the claim to possibly be the number one quarterback this season. I know we said it last week, but if he's not throwing the ball, he's rushing it in for TDs. There's not much he can't do. Oh, I think he's probably almost the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment. You know, they've they've got that uh, awesome receiving corp as well. So um, look out for him to just get more dangerous throughout the year. And um, I think the only thing that stops him from here would be an injury, um, mm. in my opinion. So, you know, he's right up there. At, at, he can just pull off some ridiculous plays. Like, you, you just sort of look at him and think, how did he do that? It's, it's kind of like Mahomes when he first come in that, you know, we saw him throw those sideway passes and, Things like that. So uh, very exciting times if you're a Cardinals fan, um, that's for sure. And there's no better feeling than going early-ish on a quarterback in the, the draft and, and paying off like Murray. He's definitely looking pushing to be a top two or three-round pick next year. But uh, another guy that we want to bring up, and there was a bit of banter in our NFL group around Tom Brady, and he's not slowed down whatsoever. He scored a handy 29.64 points in standard through five touchdowns, Gracie, which was just fantastic. And he looked amazing. And, like, legitimately, how much longer can this guy play for? Oh, he'll play to 65, I reckon, in retirement age. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me one bit if that was the case. But uh, 
I think you'll see that he'll 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 know when his time's up and yep. he'll start feeling the body. But you know, I think we saw in these preseason how fit he was and and how fit he is. So he's he's in that I guess LeBron mold where you know he does what he can to look after his body and prolong his career. So. You know, you see LeBron, who's been pretty much injury-free for majority of his career, apart from one season. Well, Tom Brady's pretty much been the same. Mm. So it's, um, you know, if you're a Tom Brady lover from when he first come into the into the the league, then you know you're definitely enjoying this. So and they're they're well on their way to you know going back to back, especially you know Gronk uh, again was was huge, which we'll get stuck into him a little bit later. But um, no, exciting times for. Yep. Tampa Bay uh, Association organization, they'd be very, very excited with the start to this um, season. Yeah, it's scary when you look at their offense and the defense is performing well too. And you get guys, and we'll talk about shortly, Mike Evans, who was a bust week one and he went boom in week two, but we'll get to him shortly. Speaking of bust though, we've got to run through a couple of quarterbacks this week. And one was Dak Prescott. He didn't even crack eight fantasy points. They did get the job done against the Chargers. He didn't throw any touchdowns through the air, but the running back game was strong for the Cowboys uh, and and. I don't know, man. This is just going to be an interesting one for the, for the, for Dallas. I mean, they've got the strong receiver core and and obviously some strong running backs as well. Tony Pollard had a big day, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But it's just going to be a bit up and down for Dak, I reckon. Once they sort of get settled back into that offense, he should be able to find some more action through the air in the end zone. Oh, 100%. It's, I think it's going to be a hit or, you know, up and down season if you're a Dak Prescott owner. I think, as you saw on the weekend, the run game with Pollard and even Zeke improved on his week one. So... Um, you know, week one it was the receivers, week two it was the running backs. Next week could be, you know, a bit of both. So I think it's just matchup dependent with uh, with Dak. We know, you know, if, if Zeke's on, they're going to go to him. Like he's going to get 20 to 25 touches. If Pollard's on, as we saw on the weekend, he's going to get a good 10 to 15. So there's a lot of touches there that if those both those running backs are on, they're going to get a fair chunk of the offense. So, um, I wouldn't be too worried just yet. As I said, I said at the start, you know, we're two weeks in to a uh, to a long season. I think you just need a little bit more sample size before you go hitting the panic buttons on uh, on Dak. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And he's always had that sort of top five potential, and he's sort of knocked on the door a couple of times. But just wait for them to sort of get settled into the year. I think with Dak Prescott, but another guy we've got to talk about is Jameis Winston. After we spoke him up big time last week with those five TDs he threw, this week he did quite the opposite. He uh, didn't throw for one single touchdown, 111 yards through the air. He did save his day sort of with a rushing touchdown to crack that eight points, but... After last weekend, man, there's a few alarm bells around the Saints camp, and uh, I did recommend picking up the Saints defense, who gave away 26 points to the Panthers. But what do you read into this? Is this the Jameis Winston that we kind of know and love, where you know, as a quarterback, even he's boom one week and then he's bust throwing picks the next week? Yeah, I think we said it even in week one that you know that was his that was his boom, like he's you know yep. what he does, and you know expect to see the the bust which we've seen this week. So. Um, small sample size again. It's I'll probably say that for the majority of this show, but um, I think you know, give it maybe to week four. Then you've seen a f- four good weeks have come up against you know, obviously four different uh, defenses. So um, just a, a wait and see. He's definitely one that you know, if if there is someone like a um, on your waiver wire that you could could pick up like a Fields or someone that could uh, could end up with a starting gig, it could be one to keep an eye on and replace. Winston for you, but um, yeah, just just a wait and see for me on on Winston. But not a not a good day for the Saints in all. No, and uh, you notice the jersey I'm wearing this week after I threatened last week. We'll talk about 
Mr. Kamara shortly, but a couple of injuries quickly just to wrap up for quarterback duds of the week. Tua for the Dolphins. I can't say his last name. I tried before we started. I just can't do it. And, uh, Leola. <laughs> it's a mouthful, the Hawaiian boy. Uh, and Tyro Taylor, of course, he's uh, going to be out for three weeks, I think so. So Davis Mills come, comes into the game as a starter for the Texans. I think that's an interesting proposition for Brandon Cooks, who we'll talk about shortly. But Jacoby Brissett will most likely get the starting gig for Miami. So that yeah. might drop a few Miami uh, receivers down a few notches. Uh, Waddle, for example. Uh, Devontae Parker, I had a bit of a look at off the waiver wire. But I think, you know, with a replacement quarterback in, we're probably going to skip those for this week and just give it a bit of a wait and see. Yeah, I think so. And, and Davis Mills sounds like a guy in your HR department, to be honest, with that name. So... Um, we'll see how he go how he goes. But um I did you sorry. Yep. I was gonna say you don't trust a man with two first names. What do you do with a man with two surnames? Yeah, who knows? Um but he could uh I did hear or did read that they were possibly gonna try out another quarterback just in case. So uh let's watch this space with um with the Texans, I suppose. Yeah, the, the the um and and of course the Dolphins like their offense isn't looking great. Miles Gaskin struggled this week and sort of avoiding Dolphins players. I was getting really excited about Waddle after last week, but maybe we've got to sit them on the bench and just see what happens there. But let's run into some running backs, Gracie here, studs of the week, and of course we can't not mention Derek Henry who cracked forty one point seven points in that huge win against Seattle with thirty five carries, one hundred eighty two yards three touchdowns, and he also had six catches for 55 yards. That's a huge, that's a Derrick Henry day right there, and he definitely showed why it was worth uh, maybe even the first overall pick at the end of the day, but he was unreal. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, if you you had the number one pick, you you would have tossed up um, between uh, Henry and McCaffrey, Um, and, you know, I think either way you go, McCaffrey's had a good start to the year, Mm. but, you know, you got your Henry owner, he's going to get these 35 carries, a fair bit of the time because he can just handle the workload and he's just a beast and you know you stand in front of him like he's still going to push through for for a few extra yards so um as you said a, a monster day for for henry and single-handedly got the titans over the line fitzy albeit it might have been a uh i guess a dodgy call at the end by a few seattle fans that we know uh, calling it a bit of a interesting end of the match but uh no it was a good day if you're a derrick henry owner and Expect a bit of that going forward, I think. Yeah, shout-outs to those unnamed Seattle fans as well. Uh, they might pop up during the show at some stage. But let's talk about Aaron Jones as well. We, we quickly mentioned him off the top in that huge win against Detroit. Obviously, the whole pay, uh, whole Packers offense was up and about. He had 17 carries to 67 yards and a rushing touchdown, but six catches for three receiving touchdowns. Again, Rodgers and Jones got that link going again. And from last week, going from a dud to a stud this week. And that's Aaron Jones, isn't it? Like, you'll have those big games every year, and you'll have a few receiving touchdowns and you'll pop up for a big score it just really sucks if you go up against him in those rounds because i faced against him in, in week one and was uh, was quite happy but week two massive bounce back yeah and i think even a few boys in our league come up against it was henry versus jones uh in their in their respective teams and i think you know both teams scored well over 120 fantasy points in non-ppr and Unfortunately, the person uh, who lost would have felt quite a bit stiff, I'd imagine, because they would have won mm-hmm. most other matchups for the week. So um, it's just just unfortunate that both went big in, in the first week. And, yeah, I think that's the Jones we should expect. I'd probably expect a bit more uh, yards on the ground um, than through the air for Jones, um, especially touchdowns as well. I think you'll find Devonta Adams will get into a bit more of a settled uh, rhythm, and they've got a, a huge amount of 
talented wide receivers at Green Bay as well. So, um, but yeah, Jones is uh, definitely an RB one keep for unless there's an injury. Yeah, it's it's just AJ Dillon probably vulturing some short yardage touchdowns. You got to worry about there because of course Jamal Williams has moved on to Detroit. But uh, yeah, Aaron Jones was fantastic, huge game. But Najee Harris, Gracie, he looked a lot better this week. I wanted to say he had ten carries for a fairly measly thirty eight yards, but five catches and a touchdown. Which of course we know those Pittsburgh Steelers do get involved in the passing game quite a bit, playing a really high percentage of the team snaps as well. I mean, you'd be very happy if you picked him up in that sort of third round, and he's RB two. I think from here it's only onwards and upwards for for Harris yeah absolutely come up against a a Raiders uh, defense that that were hot in week one and and were stingy again week two so he made the most of of what he Mm. got um and obviously Big Ben um is looking for him as well and obviously you know some question marks over Deontay Johnson as well yeah with that knee injury which we'll uh you know we'll talk about once we get to the wide receivers but uh yeah, it's uh, definitely he's a big part of that offense, and um, and I think you know this could be his sort of I reckon around that eight to ten points is his sort of floor, and then you know who knows what his ceiling is. I'm sure we'll see a massive game from him soon, where he has a couple of touchdowns on on the ground as well as maybe one in the air. So it'd be very uh, very exciting if you're a Najee Harris owner. I think it's kind of those ones where you you're excited to sort of watch his games, and you know he might have that breakout game where he you know he does an Elvin Kamara and scores fifty points. Yeah. Uh, yep, but you yep. could quite easily get your six points, but um, no, it's exciting times. Yeah, it really is. And that's the sort of game, like, wait until he gets 20 carries and he busts out a few big, big, uh, big runs like we've seen Le'Veon Bell do over the years. And James Conner did it once or twice as well. But the other guy I want to talk to you uh, talk to you about here, in this, I'll put him in the studs category. It was Zeke Elliott who got 15.7 uh, standard points. He, caught, uh, he ran in for, for one touchdown, 71 yards, but... We have to bring up Tony Pollard, Gracie. And as a Zeke owner in a couple of leagues, this has really worried me. He came in, had 13 carries, 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this, I mean, I know we speak about the uh, the NFL going running back by committee, but this is one that I just don't want to see happen to because Zeke is a stud running back. What, what do you do if you're a Zeke owner? Are you, are you panicking just yet or are you going to wait and see how this plays out? Uh, if Tony Pollard's on your waiver, well, I think you pick him up. So um, he looked unreal. I watched a bit of this game and... Pollard, when he was on the ground, like when he was the the guy running the ball, he he just looked so much better than Zeke. And Zeke sort of struggled a little bit to to break the the lines. And you know, there's a couple of nice runs that Tony Pollard had that just you know it's a little little bit worrying. Like I know Zeke still had the 16 carries to, to the 13, but obviously Pollard was a lot more effective. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a small sample size still, but. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, if, if this is still happening in week four where Pollard's a bit more effective, it could be uh, could be the old, you know, maybe Todd Gurley instance from a couple of years ago where he sort of just got phased out completely at the Rams and, and they had a new running back. So you hope it doesn't happen to Zeke because, as you said, he's an unreal talent. Mm. But um, if Pollard's on your on your waiver wire and you can pick him up, I'd definitely be having him there because if, if yep. it turns that Zeke all of a sudden gets benched, well, Pollard's going to just dominate. As we can see, his effectiveness is unreal. Yeah, and we talk about high-value backups, and he's definitely one to put on the bench and just see what happens. And an and injury to Zeke, there's an RB1 straight away. So he's definitely worth owning in, in many leagues or most leagues, especially if you're a Zeke owner. Watch that situation. But let's talk about a couple of duds for the week, Gracie. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an interesting case. Of course, the, uh, the loss to Baltimore there. He had 13 carries for 46 yards. Now, we know he's not going to get a lot of action given they're a pass-first offense, but he was quiet in week one. 
I did want to mention in here that he did have that high ankle sprain from the week two of the preseason, which, of course, he's slowly working back from. Daryl Williams vultured one touchdown. I'm just, I can't figure out where to put Edwards Hilaire in here. Obviously, he's sort of floating around that RB2 range, which is probably where he would have drafted him. But are we just going to bench him for now and just see where this goes? Because, of course, you remember last year in his rookie campaign, he had that huge game in, in sort of week one, and they never really lived up to the hype. I really don't know where to place him at the moment. It's got a bit of the Sony Michelle's about him, I think, when yeah. the Patriots still for when Patriots first drafted him, he had a couple of nice games early on and just couldn't get anything going. And obviously now he's uh, he's elsewhere at the Rams. So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, especially if you drafted him as an RB two. I, I think you know you'd be risking it starting him in a flex, especially when so many talented wide receivers that are on the waiver wire, and you know you got these backup. RBs like Tony Pollard that you could quite easily play or you would play in front of Edwards Hilaire at the moment. So, yeah, I'd be very concerned if I was a Edwards Hilaire owner. Um, I stayed away from him in, in drafts because I just didn't see enough from him last year. And it's just too hard in that pass-first offense with yep. Mahomes. And Mahomes himself runs a bit of the ball as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be very concerned if I'm an Edwards Hilaire owner. You know, this could be an option for someone else to buy low, though, Fitzy, if you, as you know, mentioned if you're stacked at running back and you know you want that um bit of protection possibly for the buys or or for an injury or even just for a flex spot this is your opportunity to probably grab a guy that in any other offense that isn't a pass heavy would would probably be fairly dominant yeah i agree with you there and it's, it's actually been i'm just looking at these uh these names i've got about to read through it's been very hard to pick the right rb2 this season i know like chris carson's been quite handy and a few of them have been really good but some of them have really just crapped the bed to start the season off you know maybe not alarm bells just yet but i don't mind throwing a few little trade offers here to frustrated owners for guys like edwards because even if you play matchups you're going to find some good matchups for him you know if they want to keep the ball on the ground late in games that sort of thing he's going to find some find the touch uh, find the end zone for some touchdowns uh, you know you would think on the regular but we'll keep moving through these names here and james robinson's another one i brought him up last week as a frustrated owner <laughs> he only had 11 carries for 47 yards he outtouched carlos hyde but it was a very it was another very quiet week the loss against denver i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and mark it down to the jags and trevor lawrence still trying to find their feet a little bit they just didn't really get it going on offense but i'm still holding firm on james robinson but he's probably just a flex play at this stage yeah i think you know such high hopes on him to be that RB2 um, for most owners. And, yeah, he's, he's probably very well underperformed. And, look, as I said, a small sample size, so you hope he can get out of it. But they got a tough matchup this week, Fitzy and the Cardinals, and we know what they did in week one. Obviously, it was a bit of a different game in week two um, but against the Vikings. But, um, yeah, definitely a, a watch this space on James Robinson because if another quiet week, you'd be very frustrated if you drafted him as, a, as your RB2. It's He's probably not as down as as Edwards hilarious but um yeah just just to watch his space for the moment I reckon yeah, it's frustrating given how well he did play last year. And if he wasn't getting it done on the ground, he was catching passes and, and receiving touchdowns as well. So it's just frustrating to kind of see. Like, he's almost got the shackles on him at this point. And hopefully Urban Meyer kind of releases him a little bit and gets him involved more in the offense. But the guy we need to talk about, Grace, is Elvin Kamara. I'm wearing the jersey this week because I said if he crapped the bed, I'd put it on to be a little bit of a jerk. He only scored the three standard points, probably the worst game he's had in a very long time. Eight carries for five yards, which is not many at all, considering he had 20 carries last week. Four catches for 25 yards. The Saints were putrid. I, I don't think we can be getting too panicked about Alvin Kamara at this stage, but that's just a very frustrating day for fantasy owners. 
Yeah, it is. I've got him in our league, and um, very, very frustrating when I woke up and saw it was nearly the end of the third quarter, and he only had like 1.8 fantasy points. So, um, you know, obviously a touchdown can change that, but didn't even get near it, and, and the Saints didn't even look like scoring, to be honest. So, um, could we just down to is the Carolina, and we'll get stuck into that soon. The, the Panthers' defense, the real deal. So, as I said, small sample size. Week one, you know, hit the op. The, he had plenty of the offense. He just obviously didn't um, convert as well as, as probably would have, he would have liked. But um, we'll see how they go over the next couple of weeks. If, if this is still the case in two weeks' time, then you might um, start hitting some panic stations. Yeah, it's a little bit of a worry, uh, especially with uh, Murray moving on to the Ravens. We sort of thought it was a clear backfield. I know Tony Jones is there, but usually he sort of works really well off a low number of carries. It's a high um, yards per carry that he goes off Kamara and then gets really involved in the passing game. But it's definitely a watch this space and maybe another buy low option. We're going to mention a few of those. Another guy I actually don't mind as a buy low option, Grace, is Jonathan Taylor. He only managed the 5.3 points as the Colts went down to the Rams. 15 carries, 51 yards. It's a very ordinary outing. And last week, I think he was uh, he was about the same on the ground. He had a few receptions that sort of saved his fantasy day. But we know he's got the talent. Marlon Mack's fit. He's kind of hanging around. Naheem Hines is hanging around. But I don't mind Taylor as a buy low, especially if he's an RB2 of a team that started weak. I think Taylor's got. He's the all-round running back. He's he can he can handle twenty-four carries. He can handle twelve catches. This is probably the pick for me if we're looking at a buy low option for this week. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think um, it's just, once again, this is, we're going to keep saying it's a small sample size, but you know, five point three fantasy points, fifteen carries, fifty-one yards. Obviously, not very effective, but yeah, just be uh, definitely if you if you can work that buy low option, and and you know if you've got. If someone who has Taylor, you know, might be short at wide receiver with a couple of injuries there that we've had in the past week, um, you know, you could offer up a, a decent wide receiver and a, another running back to try and get him, which could be the play. So definitely, mm. um, if you're going to do it, I think you have to do it this week because I think, you know, yep. quite easily he'll have one game and, and that's it. Your chance is gone. Yep, yep, I agree. I just love the talent. I think that's the main thing and the opportunities there for Jonathan Taylor. But a couple of guys I quickly mentioned here. Saquon Barkley, I had to sneak him in there, Grace. He had an improvement on the week before. Still in the dud range at the moment. They had that game. It was Thursday night football, so the shorter turnaround for the Giants probably didn't help him too much. But maybe an, another buy low option if you're feeling really cheeky to try and get Saquon Barkley off someone who would have used a very high pick off him. But... We're just got to hold our uh, hold our breath a little bit with Saquon and, and hope that he sort of works his way into the season a bit more and finds the end zone finally. Yeah, I think he'll get there. Obviously, we saw the Giants' offense was quite good on the uh, on their Thursday night football game. So um, yeah, we just it worked back into it, and they're not going to rush him straight back into twenty carries and ten catches per game. So he'll uh, he'll work his way in. I reckon you know by halfway through the season he'll be. He'll be right and uh, and repaying those fantasy owners that did draft him relatively high. Yeah, let's let's pray for me that's got Zeke and Barkley in an auction league. It's not going too well, Gracie. Say a prayer for me. But quickly before we move on to the wide receivers, Josh Jacobs, of course, was out for the for the Raiders. And look, I think there's absolutely no value in the Las Vegas running backs at this point. I'm avoiding that like the plague. I've got Kenyon Drake in one league. We thought he was going to be the man. Then, of course, Gruden comes out and says, we want to give Peyton Barber the ball. Like, that is just an absolute minefield that I think we probably just avoid and look elsewhere uh, at this stage. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know what was uh, what Gruden's thinking there with the running back situation. But um, look, they're... Um, 
Carr is just on fire there at the moment. So yeah, um, I think their wide receivers are going to be more value uh, than the running backs at the moment. So definitely steer clear. Yeah, absolutely. Henry Ruggs had a huge game. I don't actually have him on our list here of wide receivers. The studs of the week, and I guess I was going to say the reason why I don't have it is there were a lot of good scores from the wide receivers this week. It was a really solid round. So we've just got a few names here we want to run through. And the first one, the top scoring receiver of the week was Cooper Cup. 27.8 standard points from nine receptions, 163 yards. Two touchdowns from 11 targets. That is a monster day, and he's really enjoying that connection with Matt Stafford. And one thing about Cooper Cup is he's always been thereabouts. I know Robert Woods is sort of on the other side of the offense, but he did that ACL there a year or two ago, and and this could be the season. Like, Cooper Cup's a top 10 easy talent. Looks like he's going to have the volume. I mean, are you thinking he could be the perfect uh, WR, especially if everyone's picked him up as number two? Yeah, yeah, I've got him uh, in a couple other leagues. Drafted him uh, as my number two wide receiver, and especially in a PPR league on the weekend, he repaid me very, very well. Probably won mm. me the the matchup in the end. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one that, with the new quarterback in, I think is uh, definitely just going leaps and bounds ahead of um, Woods um, there. So, I, I think he's my my first choice of those Rams wide receivers at the moment. Yeah, I have to agree with you then. Deshaun Jackson's in town as well. Like, I just, I love what Matt Stafford's doing, and I love that offense at the moment. So, watch the Rams very closely. But another guy maybe was being, has been a bit disrespected in drafts gone past, Gracie, is Tyler Lockett, who obviously plays sort of a second fiddle to DK Metcalf. Had another lovely game. He followed up his big week one with eight catches for 178 yards. Uh, and a touchdown from 11 targets, which is huge. And again, he was big in week one. I feel like he gets disrespected a lot, Tyler Lockett, especially if you're drafting him in like the sixth or seventh round. Like this guy is a fantasy stud. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. Yeah, it's, it's probably hard because he, he does have these monster games. And obviously his first two weeks have been unreal, but he's got the uh, the ability to have one catch for like 20 yards and, the, and do that two weeks in a row as well. So I think that's where people... I think they look at that more than they look at his, you know, his ceiling. So I think that's the issue that, that why people don't draft him higher and don't respect him more because, yeah, he's an unreal talent and he's the deep target on that offense. And, um, yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be definitely happy if you picked him up in the sixth or seventh round. I wouldn't be uh, yeah. complaining too much with his start. But um, he did do this last year. He started quite well and then sort of faded away. So we'll just uh, keep, a, keep an eye on this space. But a great start again for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, the tricky part is it really depends on uh, on Russell a lot, doesn't it, really? Like how he's playing. Because he started the year last year, remember, he started on fire and then completely crapped bed. So it really depends on how he's playing at the moment. But we'll keep moving through. And a guy that bounced back from week one, talk about bounce backs, is the sort of theme of the show. Julio Jones, he scored 12.8 uh, standard fantasy points. He had 128 yards, six catches. He didn't find the end zone, but eight targets. And that's a bit more what we expected from Julio I do feel like he's still a week-to-week play, though, Gracie. Of course, we know Tennessee is a run-first offense. He's got A.J. Brown on the other side there. But there's going to be some weeks, I reckon, that Julio is going to go big. And I mean big, big. And, and this is a great start. And, and you feel a little bit more confident if you uh, drafted him, con- con- considering where you picked him up. Oh, yeah. I think you you got to look at the matchups with Julio for this season, especially um, you know depending on what defenses they come up against. and um, Because that, that's going to determine whether you you start him probably as a flex option i think um because as you said you know titans are the first run first team so um and obviously with brown there as well so yeah i'd definitely uh just keep an eye on the matchups as we saw you know it was a, a shootout um in that game so 
I'd definitely be um, watch those matchups and and put him in your flex with full confidence if they're coming up against a relatively weak um, secondary. For sure, and I think Julio's got a big point to prove, in my opinion, because they shopped him around. No one wanted him, so the Titans took him on. He's got a big point to prove this year, Julio, so look out for him. But a guy we've mentioned already, Mike Evans, Gracie. Talk about boom or bust. This was his boom week. He found the end zone twice on five catches for 75 yards. And I think between you sort of Antonio Brown, between Mike Evans, it's going to be really hard to pick these guys. I think Chris Godwin's probably the start every week over these within these three receivers but man i'll tell you what's going to be hard to pick between a few of these guys moving forward as they are just boom or bust in the traditional sense yeah i think for me if it's the only receiver i'm i'm starting in that tampa bay offense is gronkowski because Mm. brady's going to find him you know if they're in near the end zone you've got that big lunky target there that you know can you just got to throw a short pass to him and there's a touchdown so i think it's just i think we said it last week you know brown obviously started last week and we, we spoke about Evans, how it's it's just going to be whoever's hot. And Evans got a touchdown early. Obviously, Brady thought, well, he's on. I'm going to go to him. And he's going to be the main target for the day. And obviously, you know, Gronk had a, a good game as well. So um, I'd definitely, yeah, for mine, if you've got any one of those, I'd, I'd be starting Gronk as my, my first option. Um, and then, yeah. I don't know, roll the dice on the other three. <laughs> I like Godwin out of those guys, but you're right, because Tom Brady obviously moves the chain so well, and he just needs to get in the in the red zone. He finds Gronk every time. He's a week-to-week play at this stage. But I've got a, I've got a tip for this week, and I'll save it for the, when we move through to the next segment there on the bust. But a couple of guys I'll bring up just before we move on, Brandon Cooks and Cortland Sutton, two guys that aren't household names that I really like as WR2s moving forward. Both had nine receptions. Cooks found the end zone, but Cortland Sutton had... 159 yards, if you don't mind. Cooks with 14 targets. Sutton with 12. Man, a couple of these guys have been disrespected. Of course, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the new quarterback in Denver. You know, they've made a bit of a connection. We know the talent Sutton has. He just can't stay healthy. And I reckon Brandon Cooks has been disrespected for a few years. He's been a very solid player. Tyrod is out, though. But Davis Mills, our buddy from HR, still has to throw the ball to someone. So a couple of really handy WR2s, I feel, this week, if you're looking for one to roll out. Yeah, I think Cortland Sutton's a, a must-play until um, Jerry Judy's back as well. So mm. I think he's out for about six weeks. So he'll be back around that week seven, week eight mark. So definitely uh, starting with confidence. And Cooks, I'd probably sit him this week. We just want to probably see how our HR guy goes uh, at the starting <laughs> QB. So I reckon he's a, he's a wait and see this week. But definitely yeah. a huge talent. We've seen him you know, at the Patriots and the Rams. He's, uh, he's definitely uh, a very, very, very good wide receiver. Yeah, I just love him. I'm a big fan, as you can tell. But let's move to some duds of the week. First guy, and I kind of alluded to this before, is Antonio Brown. He only managed the one catch for 17 yards off three targets. And we're talking boom or bust. And Gracie, I'm making the call that I think this week we start Antonio Brown. Of course, Jalen Ramsey. He's going to shadow probably one of Goldwyn or Evans. So one of these guys is going to have a big game. It's boom or bust, as we said before. But I feel like Antonio Brown might be worth a sneaky flex play this week. Yeah, I would be. I'd, I'd definitely be, uh, especially after Evans' last week, they'll definitely be concentrating on uh, on him and Godwin a bit more. But you just look at the targets. Like, he only had three targets, Fitzy. So, mm. you know, he's not going to do much with three targets um, compared to Evans' nine and Gronk had uh, five. So I'm not sure how many Godwin ended up with. But, um, yeah, definitely, uh, I'd definitely be more than happy starting him at flex this week for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy that had a huge week one and we spoke him up was Corey Davis. He only finished with the wire. Two catches, actually, for eight yards. A very, very quiet day. Zach Wilson threw four picks. And 
I'll tell you what, I actually had a bit of a laugh at this. The Jets look like the Jets of old. Like, we're throwing back to the Mark Sanchez days. They completely crapped the bed. I'm not dropping Corey Davis at this stage, but if someone did drop him in your league, I'd be picking him up at the moment. I'm, yeah. I'm not losing faith on the Jets. We have to be nice to the Jets because, you know, we've probably got plenty of Jets fans out there, but uh, it was a pretty dirty day for, for New York. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're the... They're kind of like the the Clippers of New York, aren't they? Uh, in a way, you would uh, you would say. Hopefully, it doesn't offend too many of our Clipper supporters. But uh, no, they uh, they definitely you know look New England's defense and and I uh, I come back to haunt me uh, not starting them on the weekend. I had them in all week and and they uh, they saw a few players out and I thought well maybe the Jets will get a hold of them, but that obviously wasn't the case and shows Corey Davis uh, only went for the eight yards on on two yeah. catches unfortunate for him and Jamison Crowder was supposed to return and he's one that I haven't put on the uh, the free agent pickups this week but one you might be able to sneak onto your bench he should be back this week and at least bring some life to the Jets offense but Gracie let's talk we've spoken about Dak already let's talk Amari Cooper as we mentioned they got the run game going really well in that win against the Chargers but Cooper after a huge week one a very quiet week two only the three catches for 24 yards However, he did play all but two of Dallas's offensive snaps, which is a huge, huge figure there. But he did pick up a bruised rib. So one to watch there with Coop because you don't want receivers playing with those sorts of injuries that can sort of linger for a while. Oh, absolutely. I think wait and see on the injury if he's, you know, um, still a bit under underdone and hasn't sort of practiced much this week. I'd be sitting in probably this week, especially if you got to cover there. Um, you know, someone like maybe a... Um, Devonta Smith or someone like that. If you've got them on yep. them on your bench, I'd be uh, I'd maybe just start them over Amari Cooper this week. Big call, I know, but um, injuries to wide receivers, especially a rib, like going up to catches and then coming down and having someone land on your ribs when they're bruised, isn't going to be a very very good uh, outing for him. So definitely, yep. uh, I'd definitely probably look to bench him this week if he's no good. Yeah, good call there. Keep an eye on the fantasy status of Amari Cooper. But a guy, we I feel like we put the moz on a few of these guys last week. They've gone from the top of the list to the dud list. Tyreek Hill, obviously Baltimore had a plan to shut him out of the game. They couldn't sort of shadow all of the receivers and uh, Travis Kelsey as well with the Chiefs. But I'd say this is probably going to be his worst week of the season. Would you agree, Gracie? 2.9 standard points, only three catches. He had a, a, a carry in there as well, but... This is just going to be, have to be his worst, uh, worst sort of week of the season. But we have seen him do this in the past, yeah. Like he used to be a boom or bust sort of player. He settled into a week to week starter, but you just kind of have to expect this with Tyreek from time to time. Especially when teams put in that much work to him as well. So we know that Baltimore's defense is quite good. So they've got some talent there, and obviously their target at the start of the week was to beat the the Chiefs. Who do we who do we stop? Do we stop Kelsey or Hill? And I think Hill's the the bigger one. Hill can pull off those you know eighty yard catches and go for a touchdown whereas Kelsey is uh, a bit of a move the chains type of tight end where you know he might go for 20 or 30 yards so they obviously tried to limit the yardage here and, and it worked well for them because they obviously ended up winning the game so um, no, definitely a, a win for the Baltimore defense uh, for this week. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more there. So let's move on to the tight end position, Gracie. Speaking of Kelsey, we'll bring him up in a minute. But the guy I've got right at the top of the list here is my boy, TJ Hawkinson. He had another really good outing. They went down to the Packers, but another eight catches this week. He found the end zone once again, nine targets, which I'm honestly going to say is probably about the minimum that he's going to have this year. I think we picked up TJ Hawkinson. He's almost the perfect pick at tight end this week, and I was very happy with his performance. Yeah, I, I agree. He's up there now with you can definitely rely on him on a week-to-week like a Kelsey. Um, so I'd, he's, he's definitely a starter in in every league if um, 
that you're in. So nine yep. uh, nine targets, huge. Um, you know, he's uh, he's definitely improving um, on previous seasons. Obviously, you know, last year he was a bit of hit and miss, few injuries, and then the year before he's um, he's definitely come a long way. So it's, yeah, it's uh, good. good. Good to see. Good to see. And he's worth a follow on Instagram too. He gets up to all sorts of weird mischief as well. He's a bit of a rare unit, TJ Hawkinson, but you've got to love that. And we'll talk about Kelsey. You brought him up already before. He's just going about his business here, man. Seven catches, 109 yards, a touchdown, eight targets. I just want to say he's definitely worth that top, uh, that sort of first round pick that a lot of people would have spent on him. That's sort a of late first round pick. It's been a number of years since we've seen a tight end go that early back. You know, we were talking like the Jimmy Graham sort of days. We mentioned that last week, but be bloody happy if you're a Kelsey owner. This is exactly what you wanted. Yeah, well, in our league, I, uh, I had a draft for one of our, our guys who unfortunately couldn't stay up as late as our draft was, Fitzy. So I, uh, he had picks 10 and uh, 11, so he uh, he managed to score Kelsey, and uh, I'm sure he's uh, very happy with the choice I made for him there. So um, might have bit my own team's uh, bullet, I suppose, but uh, it's all right. I'm, I, I usually go for Kelsey most seasons. He's usually, I know you usually do, yeah. my, uh, He's usually my guy, but um, no, I uh, had a different, um, different plan this year, but it hasn't quite worked for me for the first two weeks. Yeah, I love it. Like, I think the tight end position needs more respect. And Darren Waller, we didn't mention in here as well. He's been solid. But the tight end position's really had a bit of a revival in the last couple of years. It was sort of a bit of a wasteland there for a while. Like, I remember Gary Barnage and all these guys from the, you know, that were just no-namers were dominating the tight end position years ago. But it's really good to see. And another guy, uh, Gronk Gracie, we have to talk Gronk. Two touchdowns again. He's, he's catching everything in the red zone at this point. He just looks like he's refreshed and ready to play. Like, where do you see him finishing? Like, I, I'm seeing... So I'm seeing probably four or five at this point, but he could be he could be number one this year, man. I'm just putting that right out there. He could catch twenty touchdowns and be number one. Yeah, I think I'd go. I'm going to go number two. I think he'd be number two for the year, uh, to be honest, because I just think the Buccaneers are that good on offense that there's no one that can realistically match up on Gronk, especially when you get that close to the end zone. You might as well just give him the touchdown, like yeah. you know, yep. unless you can sack Brady before he throws the ball, which is highly <laughs> unlikely because I think he's thrown it the quickest he's ever thrown in his career. Um, it's just impossible to stop Gronk when they get that close. So the only way is you, you got to nearly triple team him, but then that leaves open a, another player, which Brady will more than happy happily find. So it's a win-win for the the Buccaneers. So I think he'll be number two for the year. I still think Kelsey's the out-and-out yep. number one tight end for mine. You know, look at the year. He's only just warming up and he's having 100 yards. So, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, we've got, got plenty of options for wide receiver this year. Yeah. Obviously, Tonyan uh, had a, a improved week, which um, he's next on our list. And, you know, you got the rookie Kyle Pitts as well, Fitzy, like this. And as you said, Waller had another great game, just didn't find the end zone. So, you know, some great tight ends that have just come in, especially when I first started doing this fantasy. Mm. It was Kelsey or bust, really. If you didn't get Kelsey, you might as well just pick up whoever's hot for the week. So yep. um, the tight end position is definitely becoming a lot more important in the, uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I love it. And even a few leagues that I'm in discussed even dropping the tight end position a couple of years ago because it was literally just Kelsey or nothing. And guys like say, Gary Barnage and all these sorts of players that no names now, but it's interesting how it sort of had a revival. And probably one of the biggest revivals of the tight end position was Robert Tonyan, as mentioned there. We don't have to go on too much about the Packers because I don't like talking about them that much, Gracie, but he found the end zone. But it is concerning only off the three targets. He caught all three of them, but it's kind of the, the sort of touchdown or bust for a few of these guys. But I think you're going to find some consistency with Robert Tonyan, but we'll keep moving through here because a couple of guys I want to bring up that are sort of on the other end of the scale. And Mark Andrews, again, he was on the dud list last week. He had 
five targets. He caught all five for 57 yards. It's kind of the flip side of Tonyan there. So Tonyan finds the end zone, has a respectable day. Andrews doesn't find the end zone, and all of a sudden it looks a little bit, uh, a little bit ordinary. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's a tough one. Like 57 yards is still relatively, you know, good for a, a tight end. Uh, but you know, not finding that end zone, you you want to be getting those touchdown type players in your tight end position. So, I think Pitts and Waller were the same. They Pitts had 76 yards um, for for the week, so he only scored 7.6. And I'm, I can't remember what Waller scored, but I know he didn't didn't find the end zone. So, it's uh, it's interesting, Fitzy. You know. But I suppose the good thing about, you know, looking at, at the stat lines of all these tight ends is they catch majority of their targets. So, mm. um, you know, if you've got one of these guys, if, if they're going to get targeted huge in a game, they're going to catch them. So definitely um, I, I'd just be wait and see on a, on a few of them. Maybe, I don't know about the next one. We'll maybe get your thoughts on the, yeah. on the next player we've got on this list. Yeah, the next one being George Kittle. And he was a guy that I've all been all in on the last couple of seasons. He's a freak of talent. But... He hasn't found the end zone yet this year, Gracie. On the weekend, he went four catches from four targets. He's just said before, they're catching everything. Only the 17 yards, though. But I feel like a big game isn't far away. But here's one I want to throw at you. Frustrated George Kittle owner. I'm assuming all these owners would be frustrated seeing your Tonyans and these guys finding the end zone and, and being productive. If you've picked up, say, you've picked up Gronk or, or maybe someone around that sort of range, do you throw Gronk and another player in a package to get George Kittle, knowing that he's got so much more room to improve? You could do it. I, I was more thinking the other way. Do you do you try and you know buy high and get another play? Like if you can get one of these back, I'd say Tonyan and Andrews are still on your waiver wire list. If you can pick them up and you know, do you throw a George Kittle to get another good wide receiver or something like that? I know he hasn't lit the house on fire. We know how good George Kittle is. So especially last season, he was unreal. But I suppose the only concern with Kittle at the moment is you know the the wide receivers at the 49ers are playing some unreal. Um, football at the moment. So, you know, Debo Samuel's been huge the first yep. two weeks. Um, you know, they've, there's, you know, is it Ayuk, I think? Um, he's yep. barely got on the park yet. So there's some definite talent there. So I don't know whether that's eating into Kittle's um, output. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's you could definitely, um, definitely try and get a Gronk or someone like that. Um, and see how you go. But if you can pick up a Tony or Andrews, I'd definitely be looking to ship Kittle off for yeah, you know, cool. a couple of other good good backup players, even like you know, if you can get a good flex option um, and maybe a, a backup RB um, somewhere there. Like it's that's definitely another thought as well. Don't mind that. That's a different way to think. And we're always about trade talk and, and different ways you can use players because George Kittle comes with the label essentially of sort of being the second fiddle to Travis Kelsey for the last few seasons. So he definitely carries a lot of weight. So Definitely love the thinking there, Gracie, but let's keep moving through here. My favorite time of the week is talking DST streamers, and I've got three more for you this week, and we'll kick it off. You mentioned these guys earlier, the Panthers. It's probably time we start taking them a little bit more serious. They're only owned at the moment in 13% of ESPN leagues. They've scored uh, they've scored really well so far in their first couple of matchups, and they've got Houston this week. Of course, our boy from HR will be running the ship. 
if they're available, I'd be picking them up at this stage. And the next one is the Saints, who we talk, we've already spoken about them in the podcast. We mentioned them last week. They're only in 73% of leagues, but I'm more thinking if anyone's dropped the Saints, I'd be looking to potentially pick them up. They're very modest against Carolina, of course, but they've got New England this week against Mac Jones. Then they've got the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones is playing pretty well at the moment, but traditionally throws a few picks. Then they've got Washington. So there's a few interesting matchups in there. So I don't mind the Saints if they've been dropped in your league. And the last one here, I think you mentioned these guys as well as the Raiders. They're only owned in 1% of ESPN leagues. I think it's time we start taking their defense seriously. They're 2-0. The team's 2-0. And and they've got Miami this week, potentially with Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback. I reckon a few of these these uh, these uh, these pickups, Gracie, could be weak winners in your league. Yeah, the Panthers' defense weren't rated to do much at all for this year. They were rated probably one of the worst defenses. So, not sure what's happened there. Whether it's been the first two opponents have been you know relatively easy to play against, but um, you know they're the top scoring defense at the moment. You'd be uh, I don't know. The, the burning question is if you've got you know a top two or three waiver pick. You know, do you do you waste that on you know being only two weeks in? Do you waste on a on a defense that you know we've seen a small sample size from? That's mm-hmm. that's the big question. Like at the moment, I've got waiver wire pick three in our league, and I've got the Cardinals D as well as the Ravens D. And look, Cardinals have got a good matchup this week, but um, we saw what happened to them last week. So it's it's a tough one. Defenses are very hard. I, I should have started the Patriots last week. I said I had them in. Yeah. It would have won me my matchup if I had kept him in, but I went with the Cardinals defense just because of what they did in week one and and uh, it ruined my fantasy uh, output for the week. But um, it's it's de- honestly, the defense is the hardest one to pick from week to week, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's as, you, as you've said previously, it's, it's matchup relevant, and um, but you know, sometimes those matchups don't go the way that uh, that we all think so. Especially yep. the Panthers. No, I don't think anyone would have predicted the Panthers to be the top-scoring defense after two weeks. So, very, very hard decision for every fantasy owner at the moment, I think. Yeah, that's right. And and that's why we love the streamers. I'm, I'm a massive fan of streaming defenses. I know the sort of the trend in recent years have been to pick up those sort of top defenses early on, but I really love streaming. I think it makes it a bit more tactical, a bit more interesting. But I've got some advice for you, which is, yes, use your waiver wire pick because I'm pick four and I wouldn't mind jumping over the top of you. But anyone else... Wait till these boys hit free agency and pick them up. But speaking of free agents, Gracie, let's run through a few picks here to sort of wind up the show. And the first one off the mark is Rondale Moore. He had a huge game in week two. He uh, had 114 yards and a touchdown. Of course, that Cardinals offense is flying at the moment. He's only only 19% of leagues as we sort of put these stats together. But he's one that's... I don't think he's worth a, a top waiver pick, but I reckon if he sneaks through and he's a free agent, I'm picking him up just to see where this where this sort of goes. Yeah, if, if you get him as a free agent, I'd definitely highly consider doing it. His first two weeks have been unreal. He's playing second fiddle to Hopkins, obviously. Um, won't get the number one defensive matchup week to week. Kyle Murray's MVP at the moment. Like, I don't think you'd go wrong with picking him up and, you know, matchup dependent, start him as your flex, take a risk because he'd quite easily come out and score you, you know, 15 to 20 fantasy mm. points and, you know, you look like an unreal fantasy owner in that case. So, um, you know, if he starts pulling it up, just drop him. There'll be someone else there that, yeah. that will be uh, that will be dominating the uh, the weekly matchups. So yeah, I think I we're it. very lucky, especially with, you know, we've got a, quite a few coming back from uh, injuries sort of um, a third of the way through the season. So um, now's the time to pick up these guys like a uh, Rondale Moore, 
Um, especially if you've got a, a receiver who may not have lived up to the expectation, like maybe a Devontae Parker, if someone's got him, you know, uh, obviously with two are going down, it's um, I'd be starting more over Parker any day of the week at the moment. So um, definitely worthy of a, of a free agent spot. Yeah, I think so too. And and I sort of I think everyone sort of felt that he would overtake Christian Kirk at some point. Of course, Kirk had that big week one. And I think Rondell Moore's got the talent. I think he's the man. I think he's one. He's definitely our pickup of the week, but he's on the free agency list on your in your league. You should be picking him up right now. But Gracie, I'm gonna throw three running backs at you and I wanna sort of put my case forward. I want you to tell me whether you think any of them are worth picking up. Of course, Sony Michelle's the first one. He's owned in sixty six percent of leagues. Of course, he's joined the Rams, and Henderson looks like he might miss some time. I haven't seen the update on that one. I think he might be worth picking up if Henderson is out. Uh, James White is the next one. He had a really nice game. He, he scored a rushing touchdown, of course. He got involved in the passing game there. He's, In my opinion, he's a must-add in PPR leagues. Of course, last year, he, he lost his father and didn't quite get the, the season going, but looks like to have connected with Mac Jones. And the last one there is Michael Carter. We know that the Jets' offense is looking pretty ordinary. He's only just over 50% of leagues, but he did play 46% of the snaps, had 11 carries, and he was the only running back to sort of be featured in the passing game. Do any of those three names sort of, uh, you know, uh, sort of spike your interest at all? I think James White does. I think just with a new quarterback, rookie quarterback in, he's going to look for the veteran guy in James White. And as you said, last year had a bit of an interrupted year and just couldn't get going. And, you know, found the end zone on the on the weekend. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I'd be if if you can get him in free agency, I'd definitely pick him up. He's he's definitely got that high upside of he, he could get a rushing touchdown as well as a, a receiving touchdown. So I'd be uh, out of the three, I'd probably go James White for mine. Yeah, good call. He's a must-add in PPR leagues, like I said before. Even 0.5 PPR, he's a, he's a flex value. But I'm going to finish off with a couple of wide receivers here. Gracie, you've mentioned Devontae Parker before. Another guy I've sort of liked in the past. He got me across the line in 2019. I think he had a big season uh, when Fitzpatrick was slinging balls at Miami. He's only in 63% of leagues. He's not His scoring hasn't been huge. Uh, we know the injury to Tua. He's probably going to be out this week. But 16 targets across the first two weeks is nothing to scoff at. You got any sympathy for Parker, or are you just going to let him go at this stage? I think I'll let him go. I just will see, wait till Tua comes back. I just, yeah, I don't see him doing too much with with him out. So um, it's going to be a tough, tough week or two for for Devonte Parker. I think. No, that's fair enough. And the last guy I'm going to throw at you here, Gracie, is KJ Osborne for the Vikings. Uh, probably almost a no-namer there. Only only 1% of leagues. And just looking at his stats real quickly here, week one, he was uh, nothing to scoff at. Seven catches for 76 yards on nine targets. Week two, he found the end zone. Five catches, 91 yards and a touchdown. He's only 1% of leagues. And I feel like, obviously, with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen ahead of him, he might slip through the cracks there. But I'm not I'm not saying pick him up right now, but I'm saying he's one to watch there because we know the Vikings' offense is fairly high-powered. We know Adam Thielen's getting old, and, you know, one injury could mean he steps into a WR2 sort of role. Yeah, I think, as you said, I think he's probably a wide receiver three at the moment. I think unless an injury happens, I'd be uh, you know, just holding back a little bit at the moment. I wouldn't be wasting a waiver wire. Uh, pick on him, that's for sure. So um, just a, a wait and see on this space. As you said, if Thielen or Jefferson go down, then I'd be jumping all over him because I think Cousins will be uh, will definitely be looking for him in that offense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love sort of throwing a few little random free agent picks in there over the years. I've always picked up random people just to see what happens. But 
We've come to the end of the show again, Grace. It's been great week two. Of thank you for everyone for joining us. But we have to end on the big call from you, the big bold call for week two. <laughs> The uh, obviously week three now the uh, the the one from the weekend didn't quite play out with Aaron Rodgers uh, going worse than his week one score. But let us have it. What's your bold call for week three? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say a HR HR guy throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So um, I don't Love see it. it happening. But if it does, God, imagine the uh, the fantasy uproar if he does. Davis Mills, of course, you're talking about there. The man with two surnames, we don't know if we should trust him or not, but I actually love that call. Could you imagine if that happened? I reckon even when Deshaun Watson came out on the scene with the Texans there a few years ago, he had a big week one, I reckon, in 2017 or whenever that was. So, look, it could happen. We know they've got a couple of weapons on that offense. They've got plenty of receivers who can catch passes as well. So, Let's just wait and see. If he does do that, we're going to claim him as our own Gracie. We'll have to try and get him on for an interview, Davis Mills. <laughs> Remember that name. But, hey, thanks very much for joining me this week. It's been a been a lot of fun as always. And uh, if you haven't already, jump on our Facebook page. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. The Fantasy Football Fanatics are here to run you through the season for 2021. But all the best for the weekend, Gracie. I hope for your sake that uh, Kamara bounces back after that uh, week two performance. I need him because I'm up against the number one team at the moment in our league. So uh, projected, I'm, I'm projected to lose, and it'd be an 0-3 start, which might be uh, time to pack the bags and uh, and maybe just concentrate on the cricket season. But uh, so, yeah. we'll see how we go. Sadly, I'm staring down the barrel of the exact same thing. So maybe you should find another fantasy podcast to listen to. <laughs> thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.